welcome everybody to another episode of SLMA Radio. Program today is Inside Inside Sales. Program sponsored by VanillaSoft, the number one company for sales engagement for inside sales departments like yours. With our host, the host who seems to know the most about this subject, Daryl Prail. Hey, Daryl. All right. Thank you, Paul. How you doing, folks? My name is Daryl Prail. I am your host of Inside Inside Sales, and I got to admit, I just like saying that Inside. Inside sales. I feel like a used car salesman. Um, so if you like that, feel free to, uh, to give me grief on LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, any other social media platform you can find me on. But today's topic, episode number two. And if you missed number one, that was with Laurie Richardson. And it was everything that a new SDR should do to get success. Check it out on the inside, insidesales.com uh, site. So uh, my... Episode number two is all about how to build a daily activity framework for success. So think about this. You know, you go to your job every day and it's all about what do I need to do? You know, what activities do I need to do? What multiple channels do I need to expose myself to? How do I build my personal brand? How do I make sure I'm productive? How do I make sure it's consistent and reliable and scalable so that I hit the right numbers so that I achieve the success that I desire? Whether that success is something that's self-imposed or it's something that your management has placed upon you with the carrot of perhaps multiple, you know, uh, bonuses, whether it be financial incentives or whatnot. It's all about having a successful, repeatable daily activity framework. And in the course of this conversation, I got talking with my good friend, James Bodden. Now, if you don't know James, check him out on LinkedIn. Let me give you a little background about James. All right. He is a sales professional and frontline Salesforce advocate. He has a decade of experience across industries from wireless retail sales to complex B2B sales. So you see he's got the whole range there, which is really kind of important because he's got multiple exposures, shall we say, to know what works and what doesn't. His unique mixture of full-cycle sales, sales development, enablement, and leadership experience has resulted in his real-world practical views, and I love that, his practical views. I'm all about being pragmatic. That's what we do here in the show on what works for sales teams. He is incredibly, fiercely passionate about all things sales, especially providing a voice for salespeople who are just beginning their careers. And that's what we're here doing on Inside Inside Sales. James, are you there, sir? Daryl, I am absolutely ecstatic to be joining you for episode number two of Inside Inside Sales. I also like saying it like that. It's fun, isn't it? It's kind of addictive. Like you just feel like, you know, I'm going to give myself a, a, a real uh, 80s reference here. It's your best Herb Tarlick. If you don't know who Herb Tarlick is, look up WKRP in Cincinnati. Now, the reason James is my guest of uh, the show today is because he himself struggled with how to build a daily activity framework. Now, is that correct, James? I mean, that's my understanding. We, we bantered about this leading up to the show, and that's what you shared with me. Completely. Yeah, I mean... I don't think I'm alone in uh, the experience of coming into a sales role and knowing that things need to get done, but not having uh, a framework already in place to help you achieve those goals. So, yes, it's it's definitely been something that uh, I've got some real world experience on. 
So why don't you give us the backstory here of where you were that moment in time when you when you realized you needed this? What was going on in your career, and what was the catalyst for this? And what was the you know what was the journey then you entered on to kind of figure out the best approach? And then eventually, you know, I want to give a little teaser here to our audience. James is going to break it all down and exactly what he does. So just a little background because I know there's a lot of people listening who are going to be able to connect with you on this story. Yeah, Daryl. I mean, I think for me, uh, coming into my first role as strictly a sales development rep, you know, for me, what was kind of unique is that I spent, you know, the first four years of my inside sales career, full cycle sales. So everything from setting the meeting to closing the customer to customer success. Now, coming into a new sales role in general, can be overwhelming and every sales organization does things differently. And the reason that, you know, I took this role in specifically sales development was because it gave me the opportunity to, to help build something. So eValue serve is the company that I still currently work for. When I joined, I was the second or third sales rep that came in tasked with, you know, opening up those doors. And because of that, uh, there wasn't a daily activity framework in place. For me, uh, having experience in other sales roles with organizations that uh, had figured it out and had something in place and, and can onboard a new sales rep and kind of drop them into the process, I knew that it was important. And I knew that having a process was important, but I didn't quite know what to do in the absence of one. So it's been a very valuable experience for me because I've been able to build this framework based on actual things that I'm experiencing in the field. Uh, I'm able to beta test. I'm able to adjust things as I see fit. So it's been a really great experience and, and happy to be here today and, and, and share what I've learned with the audience. Now, when you were trying to, to figure this out, so I know I can still relate to your point saying when, you know, when I got there, I was giving, shall we say, a mandate, but I didn't necessarily have the secret sauce on how to do it. And, you know, like anybody who's in a inside sales or a sales development role, in the end, your success is limited to the results you achieve. The reason it resonated with me when we talked about it is because that's an area we can all get lost, right? We can just end the day going, what did I accomplish? You know, and I didn't do anything really, really well. You had this moment of uh, clarity and you knew you needed that. Where did you go to maybe identify this in the sense of, like you said, you're the second or third ISR. So clearly maybe you didn't have that in-house resource available to you yet. Uh, Hadn't been instantiated in your internal processes yet. So did you go to thought leaders? Did you go to a book? Did you go to YouTube? An executive that I work for still and, and worked for when I joined was actually the first ISR in a much uh, less organized version of the sales organization that I met when I joined. So that leadership of him knowing truly what I'm going through on a daily basis, but also being able to just hear from him what he did and what led him to success. Now, I think the era that he was working in, there really wasn't too much of a concern around building something that was repeatable. And, and, and this happens a lot, right? Uh, salespeople that are successful oftentimes can't manage to record and 
build that framework of what's working for them because it's just kind of natural, right? It's just, they, they just kind of are going out doing the things that feel right to them and having success, but they're not able to put it down on a piece of paper and make it repeatable for the next folks that are joining. You know, when I joined, that was definitely a focus. And that was one of the reasons that I was interested in joining, uh, was the opportunity to help put something in place that is repeatable. Uh, it's something that I've done in, in previous roles and always enjoyed. So for me, that first resource was the good fortune I had of having a leader who, who had an idea of what was going on and can give me some insight into the, the industry, the business who we're looking after. And then past that, yeah, I mean, I am a uh, avid consumer of all things sales, right? So whether it's videos from folks like Victor Antonio, who just always has some really great practical advice. Uh, that's somebody that I've watched for years. One of the books that I read that really just narrows it down to, and, and it's just such a readable book. I mean, I think I read it in an, in an afternoon was Outbound Sales No Fluff by Rex Bibbertson and, and Ryan Reiser. Just a really straight to the point guide about how to build an outbound sales process. So definitely use those types of resources pulled on the past experience that I had, which is incredibly valuable because it's just the time that you've put in and then the context from somebody who'd been involved with it. So a mixture of all of that helped me come to a point where I identified the fact that there wasn't a framework in place, identified the fact that operating without one wasn't a good idea because I did try that. <laughs> for, you know, about 60 to 90 days and taking that next step and, and, and then saying, okay, what does this look like? Uh, that's kind of how it all got snowballed for me. I love that you were so tactful when you said that your, the first ISR was from a different era where it wasn't, um, so I guess defined, so required to have that repeatable, scalable model. I think it was a very polite, uh, a little point you just made that he perhaps was older than you. That's, that's what I'm kind of taking from that, which I know myself well, now being the senior you know that I really am, interesting, I, I admire your talent. Well done. This guy's three years um, younger than I am. I'm that? not kidding. I'm not kidding. It, uh, you know, he, no way. you know, when I say a different era, there, there's been what I would call, and this happens a lot, uh, with organizations that are just starting their sales organization, their outbound sales organization. There's sales org 1.0. Sales org 2.0, uh, and I think we're probably on 3.0 or 4.0 now. And so, you know, that 1.0 is when you've got those guys that like, all right, well, they said they kind of wanted to be in sales a little bit. So let's give them a, uh, uh, an Excel sheet of, you know, 2000 people that we think might be the right person, maybe, and, uh, have them send some emails and make some calls, but we're not concerned with what they're sending. Uh, we're not keeping track of it. We're not keeping track of the calls. We haven't done this before. So if we get any sort of outbound action at all, win for us. So I think that's where it started. And that's kind of where he cut his teeth. And so a lot of the advice that he gave me was what not to do, right? Because the evolution of a sales organization from 1.0 to 2.0 to 3.0 can be quite significant. And especially as you start adding folks, um, you know, there needs to be something in place that's repeatable and you can hold yourself accountable to. But no, yeah, he's it's been a very interesting journey. He's he's younger than I am. All right. So James is going to get into the very steps when we come back from this brief message. Don't go anywhere. We're right back. 
And the brief message is this. You know, CRM is designed for managed relationships, whereas sales engagement is designed for starting them. Current stats indicate that sales reps only contact new leads. I I laugh every time I hear this. They only contact new leads about 50% of the time. Can you imagine? And they make less than two attempts to contact them again and are only about 35% productive overall. CRM is simply the wrong tool to engage sales prospects. But don't worry. VanillaSoft is there to save today. It's a sales engagement platform that allows you to rapidly turn marketing qualified leads into sales qualified leads. And we all know there's a big difference between those two. According to user reviews, VanillaSoft will increase your pipeline and productivity by three times or more, really. Blow through your quota. Just turn your team into a sales machine. How? By ensuring each new sales lead is engaged within seconds. Imagine that, seconds. And that they follow up persistently and with a cadence that's optimal for your prospects. Don't let your sales leads fall into that big black hole. Take your lead engagement and sales qualification out of your CRM and put it into VanillaSoft. For free information, just go to the website, just like it sounds, VanillaSoft.com. That's VanillaSoft.com. And now back to our show. All right, we're back. All right, James, let's do this fast and furious. I'm going to give you a task. You've got 10 minutes to get through the entire process. Sure. So for for me, what's your formula? identifying and picking a number of daily activities. So you have to start somewhere and you have to uh, take into account the different channels that you want to target, right? So for me, uh, it was email and phone. Those were the channels that I was concerned with. And so I made a decision. I said, based on, you know, my experience in, in other sales organizations, 100, the number 100 seems to be kind of a baseline. Now, the different places that I've worked, it's been 100 phone calls or it's been 50 and 50 between email and calling. And it's always different based on the business. So what I did is I started with a baseline of 100 daily activities and I split it up between 50 cold calls and 50 emails. For me, in the discovery process of of how this was going to work, you know, I had identified my ideal buyer and everybody's ideal buyer is different. That ideal buyer might respond much more to a brief email than a cold call, or they might pick up the phone way more than they'll respond to an email. So for me, I spent one month where I focused 70% of my activities on email and 30% on cold calling and kept track of the results, open rates, response rates, meetings booked. And then I did the opposite the following month and did the same thing, recorded the results. What I found, as I think most people will, is that the most efficient and fruitful approach for me was a healthy balance of both. That's the first step, really. You have to give yourself a number. You have to make it doable, but it has to be something where, you know, the reason I like the number 100 is just because it's it. you're not selling yourself short. Right. If you're going out and you're doing 100 outbound prospecting activities a day, I think that's a good spot to start at and and worked well for me. What I love about this is you've given yourself a number. That is what you have to attain. You have to self-manage that. And then you A-B tested it so you knew what was right for you and your audience and your buyer. And you, and you gave yourself a window, a horizon, two months, three months, whatever, 
to figure it out. The next step for me was <clears throat> scheduling that non-negotiable prospecting time on my calendar every single day. Because what I found was, you know, those first two months when I'm doing some beta testing and I didn't have it literally blocked off on my calendar is that there were days where, to be quite honest, I might not make a cold call or I may only make 20 or I might not get around to sending all 50 emails that I need to send because, well, I booked a demo and then now this demo is happening here and, and uh, oh, we need to have a, a recap call after that. And then, well, I'm going to take lunch and, and then, uh, oh, you know what? I need to do some lead generation too for this campaign. So, you know, all of these things popped up and I realized, look, I need to make sure that I've got like serious non-negotiable prospecting time every day because as an inside sales rep tasked with opening doors, I mean, there's nothing more important than that. There's nothing more important uh, for me to be doing to be reaching out, outreach, outreach, outreach. So for me, the next step was, you know, no matter what's happening, I've got it on my calendar and it pops up and reminds me and anything that I'm doing you know, I've got that 15 minute reminder set and I get 15 minutes to wrap up whatever I'm doing and then queue up the activity. For me, leaving it to chance didn't work. So I had to put that in place. Now it changes, right? It's not 10 o'clock every day, right? So when I uh, am wrapping up my day and looking at the next day, I'm basing it off of what's going on. So I'm realistic about it, but it's there and I've got to do it. So that was the next step. So you've a line in the sand. This is my time. You cannot book anything else here. This is what I'm doing. Uh, you know, I have been in scenarios where there are daily activities defined, 100 cone calls a day. You got to make it. And you do that for six months. And, you know, the results maybe aren't coming like you think they should uh, because you're just blindly, mindlessly doing the 100 cold calls a day. And I mean, I've done that. I've literally done that. I've stepped back and realized like, wow, you know, I've spent the last month just like really just trying to hit a hundred calls a day and not really thinking about who I'm talking to or, you know, uh, a creative way to, to maybe try and get in touch with this person that I've left 12 voicemails for, you know? And so that weekly check-in with yourself, you know, and I think this is a very important point to bring up, you know, all of these steps, this is all internal, you know, this is all with yourself, you're holding yourself accountable. And so this quality assurance check, make sure you're reaching out to the right leads with the right type of personalization at scale instead of doing that mindless sending it the same email that you're sending a, a CMO, you know, and you're sending it to the VP of sales. That's activity, but it's not valuable activity. And, and doing this keeps those daily activity metrics from becoming arbitrary because so many sales organizations uh, set these daily activity KPIs, and I'm amazed at how quickly it just becomes a number that the rep needs to hit to keep their job. It's no longer about, well, this is the number of value, you know, this, this is the number that we need to uh, hit in order to, you know, add the most value. For me, uh, there were weeks where I was like, you know what, I was just trying to hit that 50 number on Wednesday. And, uh, probably would have benefited me to send 40 that day and do some more research. Cause I found this guy that, you know, looks like a buyer, but I want to make an impression, right? Cause we operate in, a, in such a noisy marketplace. So 
you know, all of this activity level is great, but, you know, activity for the sake of activity does nothing. So that is a key step that I kind of developed and, and definitely didn't have in place at the beginning and kind of felt like, okay, I need to start doing this to make sure that I'm, I'm not falling into the same trap. Three easy steps. One, start with a goal. You, it was 100 of outbound prospecting activities and then spend time to figure out the right mix across the right exactly. channels. You suggested 50 calls and 50 emails is where you started. If social is a piece in that for you, then, you know, add a number in there too. But I love that you, you, you tested it. Two, make that time to do that prospecting non-negotiable. That is fixing your calendar, never be moved at all costs. And number three, the third of the three steps was conduct weekly quality assurance checks. That's it, guys. Three steps. That's what works for James. Hey, don't believe me. Listen to James. He's a veteran of the industry. He's lived this. He's breathed this. He's sought out the experts. This is what works for him. And what I love about it, it's so easy to implement. One of the key takeaways you mentioned there, James, was it's not always about the quantity, like 100 calls a day. Sometimes it's the quality. And so you got to always be pragmatic about this. James, I thoroughly enjoyed this conversation. If you guys and gals on this podcast like what James had to say, then do not hesitate. Go to LinkedIn. Follow him now. I do. And that's how we got to this point in time. In the meantime, we're out of time here, folks. Thanks, James, for joining us today. I had a blast. And that's it. We'll be back next time with another episode of Inside, Inside Sales. In the meantime, you take care, folks. We'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye. You've been listening to another episode at SLMA Radio. It's our featured program, Inside, Inside Sales. One of the many shows on the Funnel Radio Network for at-work listeners like you.